morning and uh, welcome. This is our initial launch of a podcast and video cast, and we're calling it Theology in the Dirt. And uh, we're going to be taking our theology and trying to put it to application into practice in our homes, in our in the public square of our city and our world. And so we have numerous topics we're going to be talking about over the coming weeks and hopefully over the coming years. And our, our aim is to be able to, to again, put into practice what we believe uh, and do so in our homes, in the public square of our city and our world. And we got uh, co-host Keith Thompson over here and pastor, uh, one of the pastors at Three Rivers Church, Justin Owens. And today we're going to be talking about the issue of politics and the information that's coming to us or coming at us from that world. And it's coming at a rapid speed. And we want to talk about how to filter what's coming at us today. So we hope you'll engage and hope you'll learn and also hope that you'll email us and ask more questions. And hopefully we can address some of those questions as we go along. You can email me at Mitch at three rivers c.org and we will take those questions and work on them so uh keith if you would start us off by defining politics and and how we understand that word when someone uses it we're in a crisis situation and our airwaves and are flooded with information and particularly it's political and people are picking one side or the other. And so Keith, how do you define politics and how we understand that word when somebody uses it? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a super important issue for us to talk about right now because so many people who maybe aren't inclined to sort of pay attention to politics or have been thrust into it because we definitely want to hear news about what's going on with the virus. And, yeah. and there's, and so inevitably you end up on CNN or, Fox News or, or some version of that, and it's always, you know, sort of politicized. But um, I think what what politics isn't is it's not Washington D.C. It's not you know it's not the um, the courthouse in your in your local community. Politics is essentially it's the way um, human beings uh, learn to live together. How, what kind of decisions are we going to make? What kind of institutions are we going to put together? What kind of policies are we going to put into place? so that we can live together in a way that from a, from a Christian perspective would include maximum human flourishing. So, um, you know, you look at the word itself comes from, from a Greek word, which is polis, which just means city. You throw, you throw a politic and it just means, you know, things pertaining to the city, things pertaining to how we're going to live together as, as a, you know, as citizens. Right. And that is not how most people understand that word when it gets used, they right. instantly start to think of uh, political parties that are yeah. opposing each other, and I have to pick a side, right? Yes, and that, that's the one thing that, there's probably a lot of things, but the one thing that, that I would hope that Christians wouldn't do is to see that. So when they hear the word politic, they wouldn't think Democrat, Republican, that they would think human flourishing, they would think instituted by God, Right. And if we and if and I don't even think it's wrong to think of tribes because we as believers we recognize ourselves as belonging to the community of God, the community of the kingdom is how we would describe it. Yeah, that community of the kingdom um, has a way in which we believe things ought to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we could go on about this for a long, long time, but right. it's it's not negative to be political. Right. We have right. to be political if if we're going to go into the domains of society. We right. have to engage in this notion of 
politics and how God has called, called us to live in a certain way so that we can reach, you know, the maximum amount of, you know, Jesus came so that we'd have life and have it abundantly. Absolutely. A part of achieving that is politics. That's huge. And so, Justin, I want you to speak to how Christians should think about this. And, but, but kind of kind of to stack this up, if we're looking at government, God has established government, and government should be thinking, uh, particularly in our context, the government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and they should be thinking in terms of the execution of government, which should be politics and the flourishing of our cities, right? And so, and so if that's what politics is under the governing principle of God that he's established, Justin, how should Christians think on this issue? I think first and foremost, we have to realize that government and politics are good gifts from the Lord in how to order ourselves. Uh, Chaos is what we get when we don't have any sort of order, government, institution, rules, regulations to live by. We get the book of Judges. We get everyone doing what's right in their own eyes, and that's not good. So I think, first of all, we have to realize that politics is not bad. It's not evil. Uh, we make it evil when we turn it into the us against them or left against right. And I have to always be left or always be right. <clears throat> and instead we need to think, what's the truth? Uh, what does God say about this? And what is going to produce flourishing? What's going to produce good? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how believers need to approach the topic of politics. So let me ask this question, Keith. I, I, you guys, we have a list of questions we're working through and to kind of prepare our thinking for this. But this is a question that just came to mind. So let me interject this question, Keith. How, how is it we've gotten to a place where when we hear politics, we think in terms of news organizations reporting on factions vying for power? What has, what has gotten us to this place yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like a lot of things that are misleading. There's some truth in that, and then there's, there's some things that aren't true in it. And, you know, politics is, it is the activity of, of using influence to achieve certain ends. So it's not like when we, um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that people aren't using politics for wrong reasons or that, they, that we're not trying to uh, influence people. We are. The Lord has called us to influence the world in a way that would glorify him and and um and also be good to ourselves right so um even even in the in the church when we tried to separate politics from religion which is a word that probably needs to be defined as well but when we try to separate the two this our country is built on this foundation of separation between church and state well when you build this big strong line between the two it, it becomes almost like where the only people that are having a conversation about politics are the non-religious people, which we know as believers, there's no such thing as a non-religious person. Right. But they, they tout themselves as being non-religious. Right. And so they're having a conversation in the public square that doesn't include religion. It's, it's purely secular. Right. And so what that means is, is that sphere now, the sphere that we see on CNN and Fox News is, is a place where religion can't be discussed. Right. And um, they're trying to make decisions based on things that are, that are purely secular, right? So it, to the point where as Christians, we, when we say, you know, they're politicking, you turn politic into a verb and it's always negative. Right. Whereas really what they're doing, and, and I think this is really important as Christians, we watch these organizations and we see somebody that we disagree with, like, like seriously disagree deep down inside of us. 
we, those people aren't necessarily our enemies. Some of those people believe just as deeply as we do that their position is going to lead to human flourishing. They honestly believe this is what's best for us. That's right. But it's anchored to a faulty worldview. And so I think, I think what happens is you, you, you've got one side looking at the other one saying they're trying to really do things that are going to harm us. But that's not really true. It's, it's a fundamental different view of the world that's driving these two different um, opinions on various issues. That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Two thoughts on that one. I think it, it shows that the way our system of government is set up with predominantly two parties and separate branches of government and even within the legislative branch, the House and the Senate, it's an attempt to filter through what really would lead to flourishing, what really would lead to good. You have to make your case. You have to convince other people to go along with it. Uh, that's the theoretical ideal of it, and it's turned into and us against them and everything we want's good and everything they want's bad. And everything you hear is not really what's best for the country. It's our ideas are the only right ideas. Right. Um, and then I think also the reason we're in the climate we're in is even in the church, people have abandoned um, critical thinking and doing things for themselves to let the professionals deal with it. We pay somebody to deal with that. And so I think, uh, the church taking the stance of, well, we're not in politics. We'll just kind of shelter back, deal with our own stuff and leave that to somebody else has mm -hmm. led us to a point where it's really hard for a believer to step out in the public square and engage in political issues. Right. I think Keith, you said something that, that made me want to chase this rabbit. And you talk about the separation of church and state. Um, when people hear that and how it's even presented uh, from varying parties in our government, it's presented as, as though um, one can't be religious and bring their religious viewpoint into governing principles. And that is not what the separation of church and state means at all. Right. You, we can't separate our values, which are religious convictions, from our actions. That's impossible as a human being. That, that's as though we could just separate ourselves out and leave our soul over here and our body over here and just operate as a, as a robot with biological functions only and no set of values. You, that's, nobody can do that. What, what, the, what, we're, what we understand separation of church and state to mean is that the church doesn't run the state, the state doesn't run the church. But by all means, religious people bring their values to governing principle. And so I think when people hear separation of church and state, they need to hear that rightly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that would be, it'd be interesting for people to look into their dictionary and look up the word religious or religion. And, you know, the first definition is going to deal with, you know, divine supernatural things. But there's a second definition, which basically says it's the, it's the, it's the um, underlying view that people you know, tenaciously hold on to that sort of orders their life. Right. And it's something that they're very, very, very committed to. And so in that de definition, which I think is the best definition of religion, particularly in our world, is every single individual that has something to say is saying it out of a religious view. That's right. It may not be formed really coherently in their own mind. Uh, and, and so they're coming from, um, I wish we could completely just get rid of the word religion because it's confusing. Right and replace it with the word worldview. Because right. when you go to the public square, you can't really throw somebody out because of their worldview. But if they're religious, you can throw them out because religion and politics don't go together. And we, we, we've, got this, we've got this barrier between religion 
and, um, and, and government. But we, everybody knows we don't have a, a barrier between worldview and government. That's you right. just can't do that. That's just what you described. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Justin, let me ask you, this is not on your list of questions either. I'm chasing rabbits, but rabbits are good for content. So let's chase this rabbit. With, with that understanding, we as, we as Christians can govern alongside people with different religious views, right? Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only is it possible, but it's essential. Uh, not everybody is always going to agree with me or you or even our church or what we believe collectively. We're going to have differences of opinion. Um, even within our own tribes, as Keith called them, we're going to have differences of opinion on what leads to good. Um, my opinions on what leads to a good economy are going to be different than yours. And that's just one area where believers are going to disagree, let alone governing alongside someone with a different set of values. And so I think that's how we winsomely engage people good. Um, in the public square. It gives us opportunities to live out what we believe and to share the gospel and to share and display why what we believe is true and why it really is good mm -hmm. for flourishing. That's good. That's good. I would dare say that 12 minutes that we just covered is probably going to be turning turn some people's worldview upside down even because we're talking about being able to govern with our principles alongside people we disagree with because we're seeking the same end and and therein lies the opportunity to be the aroma of Christ among those that we see are, are perishing and in need of Christ while seeking the good of our cities and, and that's the essence of taking the gospel into the, to the public square. Okay, um, Keith, how do you, with all this information that's coming at us, how do you personally begin to filter the narrative that's coming at you? So we, we see how politics is used, what it really means. So how do you begin to filter this information so that you can make use of it? Well, I mean, at its most basic level, it's got to be filtered through a biblical worldview. Um, We've got to, we have to, as believers, we have the responsibility to develop the ability to hear ideas, um, to be able to see culture and interpret that culture from a lens that is informed by divine supernatural revelation from the creator God. So um, the challenge to that is, is, is that, that that has to be done before, um, before you get there. You know, you have to bring that screen to the game, so to speak. And it's never too late. I mean, it's not that you can't get there, hear things that are a little bit confusing, and then go back and do research, um, you know, in the scriptures and in your Bible studies and with your pastors and elders and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But to the degree that you've done the work on the front end and you've worked hard to understand uh, the world and see the world the way God sees it through a biblical worldview, it just gives you a better ability to pick up on things quickly and you go, man, that, that's not consistent with what I know to be true. It's not consistent with reality. Hmm. And so, um, what, and I, you, you may get to this, but I think the way we do that is we have these conversations, ones that people generally don't want to have because they can be contentious. Right. Um, we have these conversations in the body of Christ. We, we go to that city on that hill right. and we flesh these things out with, with other people. And that's how the spirit, you know, I can be convicted of something like deep down inside of me. And then I get, to, I get to a place where I'm having a conversation with you and Justin and the elders of our church and some other people that I trust and realize, man, I'm, I completely am missing that or I missed a big portion of it. So I could, 
always as I'm filtering, I'm thinking I could completely be missing this. And so the way the body of Christ functions together is we filter these ideas and then we discuss these ideas in the body of Christ so that we can formulate a right view of the world and a right view on any particular issue. That's good. That's huge. Uh, Justin, how do you develop a biblical worldview? What do we do to develop that filter that filters out trash? How do we develop that? So I think it starts with having uh, a deep and intimate knowledge of the Word of God, spending time with the Lord, uh, the spiritual disciplines, prayer, Bible study, fasting, Mm -hmm. uh, worship, praise, all those things, uh, but also doing that in community. Because if I develop my thinking in isolation, uh, I kind of put myself in an echo chamber mm. where w- what I'm discerning to be the truth is the truth because I'm the only voice I'm hearing, or if I only hear voices that agree with me. So it's mm. important to develop that in community so that you talk, hey, this is what I think, this is what I'm seeing. I, I think this is what this passage of scripture means and how the Lord would have us think about this. And then, as Keith said, someone like in a conversation like this might say something that makes me go, Oh man, that, that was off. Or I didn't know that. And that makes me see things differently. Mm. And so I think it's important to have a deep knowledge of the word, but also to develop that in community with other people that are doing the same thing. Man, that's solid. That's, that's good stuff. Hey, hey Mitch, I, one thing I want to throw in there, Jonathan Lehman, who's a, a sort of political scientist, theologian guy that, that comes out of nine marks up in, up in DC and has a church in Maryland. He makes an interesting point when he says that when the when New Testament and even the, the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, talks about the assembly of believers, it uses the term um, ecclesia. And ecclesia is a really, they, they, you really have two options. You can call it an ecclesia or you can call it a synagogue, which mm. is the synagogue is a reference to really the, the, um, the uh, religious assembly. And the, uh, the ecclesia really is a, is a political assembly. And so the ecclesia, when we gather together, the, the, the word, the New Testament writers chose to use a word that was more political. Mm-hmm. And I think that's instructive because we, we are really a political assembly when we get together. We're getting together yeah. to help the world see the right way to live that will lead to maximum flourishing. Man, that's we good. really are the, uh, the community of the kingdom. That yeah. language isn't accidental. And I yeah. think it was uh, Leslie Newbigin that said, we're the, the first fruits of new created order. Mm. So the church should be that community of the kingdom that shows a better way to do things, a better way to live, to govern, to, to live together in harmony. Mm. So you think it would be beneficial if Christians actually engaged in the political process and didn't avoid the conversation, but engaged in how to see our cities flourish under the rule of Jesus Christ. I think that's a, that's a win, right? Exactly. Mm. Man, that's good stuff. Okay. We got just a few minutes left. So, so uh, let's try to, let's try to hit some stuff uh, real quick. Keith, do you listen to just one perspective or you, do, or do you try to take in multiple perspectives? Man, I, I, I try to take in as much as I can and, and try right. to keep myself from being frustrated. But <laughs> I, I think there's a lot, I, my radio uh, for the most part, if I'm listening to radio and I'm not listening to a podcast, stays on uh, public broadcasting. So I'm I'm constantly hearing the perspective of the the public broadcasting world, which lean, everybody knows sort of leans left a little bit. Right. But I, now I love hearing those guys' perspectives. I love hearing where they're coming from, and at the same time, I've got 
I'm constantly, you know, I'm listening to Albert Mulder's briefing every morning. There's a podcast called um, called uh, uh, The World and Everything in It, which comes from World Magazine that gives mm-hmm. the news every day. And so, I mean, I think we need to listen widely, mm-hmm. and I think we need to understand the world as best we can so that we can we can minister to everybody. Man, that's good. The world and everything in it. That's a good. That would be a good podcast to to check out. I actually need. I haven't. I haven't listened to that one. I got the briefing. And I need to grab the world and everything in it. That sounds like uh, yeah. something I need to, to grab onto. That's good. That's good. Justin, what about you? What are, do you listen to multiple perspectives and, and try to filter those? Yeah, I do. Um, I try to take in a lot of different things, whether it's a couple different podcasts or news articles. Um, if I really want to dig into a topic, go into a book uh, is helpful because there's a lot of research and multiple perspectives that go into forming a book. But um, yeah, I agree with what Keith said. You got to take in perspectives that you agree with and that you disagree with. Right. You got to hear both sides. You've got to learn how to critically think and filter through some of that. Yeah. Um, it's important not to live in an echo chamber. Yeah, that's good. I think it's easy if we just listen to the side that we agree with, it's easy to begin to fall into the trap of demonizing the other side. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is the more I listen to folks that I disagree with, the more I see their humanity and, and fall in love with the fact that they are image bearers of God and that uh, whether we agree or disagree, they are not my enemy. In fact, we are seeking the same end. And, and I've found that they can teach me. There are things maybe I have missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even throw this on the table to talk about sometimes the people I disagree with have a, a view of Jesus and Christianity that I need to see mm. and learn from. That's been very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I would uh, add in there too, Mitch, that from a, from just trying to think cross culturally and try to distinguish which parts of the, of my worldview um, is biblical and which part of it is just preference and cultural and that kind of thing. Um, I think it helps for us to, to view the world um, as not our home, of course, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm cross-cultural, not just when I go to uh, right. Turkey. Right. You know, I'm cross-cultural when I'm situated in my home environment, dealing with people who, who aren't believers. That's good. So every interaction that I have is cross-cultural. So when I'm, when I'm dealing with these folks who are very much, they look like me, they came from the same background as me. We may not, I may have more in common with a guy that I, that I met in Kenya 10 years ago because he's a believer. So um, you just critically have to go, why do I believe this and reject everything that's not, that, that I can't firmly root to a biblical basis? Man, that's good. That's good. Well, I think you're right. The, the, the whole thing we say when we talk about domains, we say our, our spiritual DNA is KDSC, Kingdom Disciple Society Church, and domains of society are cross-cultural by nature we are dealing in our city and in our world through our vocations we have to be cross-cultural we are we we just are so when we bring our worldview to bear in that we the world opens to us at that point and and we have something to say and we have something to add and can be the salt and light of the kingdom of god when we can engage appropriately Hmm. um justin uh one quick question love for to get you guys quick maybe uh 30 second feedback on this question how do you critique the side that you lean to uh, i think all of us probably lean in one direction we we would agree that we lean one direction 
so how do you speak critically to that side so as not to become a, a voice for it and can maintain a pro prophetic perspective to it, right? So we have the responsibility as Christians to speak the truth of God to it, not what my leaning says, right? So how do you critique the side you lean to? Yeah, I think kind of the things we've already touched on are essential. Um, you have to know the truth. You have to seek the truth. What does mm -hmm. the word say? What is the appropriate perspective on it? And not be sold out to, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I lean left, I lean right. But instead, I'm seeking truth, I'm seeking good, I'm seeking the flourishing of the city. And then being willing to actually verbalize that and vocalize that in a way that doesn't demonize but in a way that constructively critiques and calls out the bad that mm. said, no, that, that's not a right way of thinking. Um, that's good. I think we also, we have to be prepared for the pushback we're going to get when we do that. I think we saw that in 2016, you push back on, that's not a right way to think. And then you're accused of being completely going with the other side. And I think it's important to speak kind of in that middle of where's the truth. What's the truth but to be willing to speak the truth in love, mm. and even with a, a little bit of a rebuke if necessary at times. That's what That's Paul good. told Timothy. That's good. Keith, what about you? Yeah, I think we'd start with rejecting the notion that, that as believers, we are Republicans or Democrats or independents or libertarians. I mean, what we are is we're Christians. You know, we, we have a biblical yeah. view of the world. And so we're going to, let's look at these, let's look at these conversations in the area of, we're talking about issues Right. We're not talking about a platform. We're talking about we're talking about marriage. We're talking about the sanctity of life. We're talking about immigration. We're talking about economic policy. Yeah. And so you take those things one by one and say these are the things that matter to us because it's going to have a you know ideas have consequences and policies have consequences, mm -hmm. and and just be willing to say this is what I believe. Uh, I don't I don't want to view it as right or left. I just believe this is this is best from a Christian worldview, and then anchor that to biblical ideas. Mm -hmm. not just general sociological or, or, you know, some sort of scientific notions or whatever. Mm, that's solid. I, I love how uh, when Joshua and the people of Israel are preparing to go into uh, Canaan, Joshua runs into a, a man standing there with a drawn sword and he asks him, are you for us or for the bad guys? And his response to him was no, it was just no. It's not, it's, he doesn't even answer the question. It's almost like he's rebuking his perspective. Like I'm on one side or the other. And he tells him I'm the captain of the Lord's army. <laughs> so his perspective is I'm not for you or for them. I'm for the Lord. Yeah. And so if you get on the Lord's side, things will go well for you. If you don't, mm, not so much. Right. And so there's a prophetic call for us to be on God's side and speak prophetically and maintain the integrity of that position as opposed mm -hmm. to maybe become a, a hammer for a party that God might not be for, you know? Yeah. Justin, give me your parting thought and then Keith, give me yours and then we'll wrap up. I think for me, we can't be so tied to the notion of we want power or we want our guy in the, the white house. Um, and instead we have to realize that if we speak the, the truth and we have the integrity in our lives that even Paul talked about, you know, live in such a way that's worthy of the gospel. And if we do that, even Isaiah had access to the king, even though he critiqued him all the time. So I think if we're winsome and speaking the truth in love 
and we're thinking critically and we can articulate our thoughts well uh, and our lives back it up, we can speak the truth in love. We can critique and not be sold out to this desire for power. That's solid. Keith? Yeah, just I think kind of where we started, to have a charitable view of the folks who disagree with us and, and mm -hmm. try to understand that although there are exceptions to this rule, people generally, they, they believe they're doing good. So when we see somebody who's got an idea that we think is just insane, it's just going to be awful. We have to just trust that they're doing all that they can do. They, they see the world a certain way and they're trying to help us by getting us to pass a certain policy. Yeah. And so that charitable view of them, just it, it displays that number one, that we, that love is at the heart of all this and that we, um, you know, we're all in this together. We see the solutions differently, but at the end of the day, um, Everybody's trying to do what they see that they see is best, and I think we see one another in that light, uh, and just just have that charitable view. It's helpful. Man, that's fantastic, guys. I think if if uh, if all of us Christians particularly can begin to think and operate like this, this creates civil discourse. This allows for us to be able to disagree and do it in a manner that exalts one another. Uh, and, and, and sees love as a, as a value, as an ethic put into practice. Um, and that's, that's rich. That's good. And it allows us to have a voice in the public square. Well, guys, thank you for your time. It's been fun today, um, and I've had a good time. I hope you guys who listen to this, I hope this has been instructive for you. hope it's been helpful. And we hope to do this every week. So we hope you'll engage with us. Send some emails. The email address I uh, gave you earlier, I'll also post it in the blog at the bottom down here. Send us some feedback. I'd love for you to continue to engage and ask questions. And that'll also help us with future content as we try to bring some good content to you as we're in this uh, very different time we find ourselves in. So thanks for listening. Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you. Sweet. Good job, y'all. Thank you. That was fun. Hey, that's a good time, huh? <laughs> there's, 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 yeah, the good thing about this kind of thing, you know, you, you think about doing a podcast or doing something like this, you go, man, am I going to have enough content? Good night. You, this can spin, you know, this spins off into five more of these. You know? Seriously. I, I actually think uh, as we were talking, you know, I had rabbits we chased. I think, uh, no, if you guys got some, your afterthoughts, write that down and share it and I'll take notes of it. We'll come back to it. Cause I, I do, I think you're right, Keith, this is, yeah. there's tons of content just here. <laughs> it's uniquely three rivers because it, it's, yeah. it's, you know, we're talking about dealing with the domains, you know, I mean, this is what we believe right. and live and you know, whether or not you're being political or not is right. goes right at the heart of that and, and right. how to do it well and wisely and, and in a way that's, that people will listen to, you know, one of the things that, that when, Sometimes when I'm having conversations and I, and, I, and I get the sense that somebody would begin to demonize me because at the end of the day, pe people who believe what we believe, I read something the other day, we're like seven to nine percent of the country believe the things that we believe, right? Right. And we're sort of seen as bigots. We're not sort of, but we are bigots. Yeah. And what you just want to be able to do is like, look, I, I'm not trying to be hateful. Right. What I'm trying to tell you is I can only see the world the way I see it. Right. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced that this is going to lead to disaster, mm -hmm. whatever that thing is. Right. Um, but yeah, if you can do that in a winsome way, like Justin said, and say, look, I'm not trying to hate on anybody, but you know, just like you're trying to do what's best, we are too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's right. That's good, man. That's solid.
I tell you what would be fun is we could grab somebody with an alternative view from us, yeah. have them on will be even, even cooler. And, uh, I, I think especially as you approach voting, like yeah. people want to know, how do I think right. through two bad choices? Right. You know, that's right. There's a, there's a humanist club in Floyd County. Really? Um, yeah. I've reached out to them before and I couldn't get them to respond to me. I, like I, the guy, he, we corresponded like for two emails, but then when he, he thought I was interested in being it, becoming a humanist, mm. when he found out that I had a little bit of a different view and just wanted to have coffee and just chat with him, um, he was just like, boom, he put me on the shutdown. But uh, oh, you know, th these, are the, these are the folks who are open, right? That are <laughs> open to <laughs> yeah. views, except uh, mine, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if, if somebody like that would be a source to say, look, we just want to have a 20 minute conversation um yeah and just see what happens that's good man that's solid i'm gonna work on trying to get dean to come on with us i would love to get dean on here that would be a lot of fun so we got man the content just already the stuff i've already got down we've we've got enough to keep us busy a year so that's good so we had good feedback y'all already just a little video i posted yesterday and the sermon we've had over a thousand views really yeah so it's it's pretty insane, and so um, it, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> so uh, I think there's going to be good potential here, you know, mm. not to Keith for even what we're talking about with rejuvenate hope at Restoration Rome. Those are things we can begin to plug, yeah, you know, and talk about as we really get dirty in in our in our engagement. This would be a yeah. good vehicle to recruit, raise money. Who knows, man. Ryan, that one other thing too that I, I haven't sent out to you, but like, what does it look like to help, you know, the whole social justice conversation? Yeah. What does Christian social justice look like? Um, what are the components of it and how do you help somebody in a way that's really helpful, all that stuff. That's something that would be a, a useful conversation as well. Absolutely. That would be one we could break down into like a month's where we could do four different components of it. That'd, that'd be good. That'd yeah. be super good. Well, gentlemen, I guess we should go about our social distancing and our quarantining, staying in place, whatever the heck we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> should Get outside is what I want to do. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Heck I yeah, man. It. We'll, we'll bring you in for more stuff too. We'll give you, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a break to, <laughs> to think on stuff and send you topics too. I'd love to, to, to have you on more, man. It'll be good. Thank you. Hey, guys, y'all have a good day.